0: talking about the holidays the christmas season everybody has their favorite holiday film whether it be elf die hard uh, jingle all the way home alone and then you have home alone one and two but some people forget hey we got like a whole lot other home alone films but it seems like after lost in new york home alone was actually lost as a whole Except right now, because on the podcast, people, we are going to be talking about Home Alone 3, which came out on December 12th, 1997 kevin mcallister nowhere to be seen it is a brand new child but he my friends is also home alone and we're going to be talking about that right now on another episode of a cast of the past coming at you each and every sunday this is the final episode of 2020 guys so kicking it off hot and spicy from boston mass with ryan mcnulty man like this is it we, we are ending the podcast this year with the very best right I couldn't think of any other better way to do it than to end with Home Alone 3. The third one, the one that everybody talks about, is that right? From London, Ontario, Keith Hamilton, is that right?
1: You know, a long time ago, we said into a microphone that we needed to do all of them. And this is the price we pay for that.
0: And we totally did not almost forget to do that this year, right? So, No, that's, no, not at all. Yeah. It's
1: been the plan all along. We totally didn't just decide this about two weeks ago.
0: Yep. Was it just like our bodies telling us, "Hey, maybe it's fine." You leave. It's like the called it's gone. The call is gone. So why bother, right? It's had true. You, had had you watched this film, uh, Keith, in this case, uh, before this episode?
1: I saw this movie in a theater when it first came out. Ooh, man, that's a. Uh, hour and a half I wish I could get back.
0: Do you remember what led to this like Home Alone 3? Because I mean for context people. So Home Alone 1 came out November 1990, 2 years after we got lost in New York. So we're talking back to back, but then 1997. So needless to say, uh, a little bit of time went by. What was your hype level Keith in 97 for a new Home Alone film? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> Ryan, do you have anything? Right. give me something. Ryan, no, give me for something. real. It's 1997.
1: I'm seven years old. I guess I was excited because... Of- I liked watching the Home Alone 1 and 2 um, as a kid, like on television. It's not something where I own the VHS and would like put it in every year and I needed to watch Home Alone. But they were fun movies. So I guess I was excited to see the way that the kid kills but doesn't kill adults this time and uh, compelled me enough to go see it in the theater. What about you, Ryan?
2: So, this is a movie where I vividly remember the trailers for, and this might be, you know, as a kid, you think a lot of movies are good, even if they're really bad. I feel like this might have been the first movie that I can remember where I saw the trailer, and even I, as a child, knew that this was going to be a bad movie. So, I never saw it. This this viewing for this podcast is the first time I've ever seen this movie. Yeah, I've never seen it before until until this you know, this
0: past week. I feel like out of all the movies, you know, we've talked about Terminator, and, and I, I even watching this movie, I'm like, I'm just going to start referring to this as the Terminator effect, even though this movie came out like, oh no, what, 20 I years was, before? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting ahead
1: of myself here, but like, I've had this analogy in my head since I watched it, like, Home Alone 2 to Home Alone 3 is identical to terminator two to terminator three it is an exact comparison it seems insane to say but that is like that is how
0: this <laughs> movie sure this lives in the my terminator mind
2: Terminator salvation of a- <laughs> i don't oh know that's coming there's still like three of these uh, left that's- <laughs> exactly we're
0: not we're not dead we're not dead but uh everybody watching and listening if you enjoy the podcast you can leave a five-star review we talk about clearly anything on this podcast and uh, you can also join the uh, community over at com slash discord. I I did not prepare any of these two men to do what I'm about to. Okay. That, that's okay. <laughs>
1: okay people, Maybe I would start like that one over. of
0: you two. Yeah.
1: I don't to, want to be home alone with you anymore. No,
0: no. I would like one of you two to explain the plot in whatever way you can for Home Alone 3. Who would like to okay. go? Come on
1: i'll try so there's super secret agents and they get a microchip but they put and they put this microchip in the toy car i think that i think it's from the air force i don't know but then they take this chip they put it in a car and they're working for korean terrorists that want that microchip okay remember this is a home alone movie folks like this is the movie where somebody got lost in new york and stayed at the plaza last time so now these super secret agents lose this microchip in an airport and little old lady takes the takes their bag because she has an identical bag and you know this is before airport security was insane so you know things happen like 9-11
2: it's it's more plausible yeah exactly
1: You know the agents stealing a microchip. Air Force is totally plausible, dude. Yeah, totally Uh, plausible. Go on, Keith. Yeah, I'm filling it in. Yeah, there's this boy that we're going to call not Kevin because I don't actually remember his name. Alex.
0: Alex. Another story. Alex.
1: Alex, aka not Kevin, gets this toy car as a gift. And then he is this master engineer on a level that Kevin McAllister never was and devises these murder devices. To and kill. Alex is eight, by the
0: way. You forgot to point out yeah, Keith. He, he is, is an, an eight year old
1: master engineer on a level that would make Einstein go, God damn that kid. And devises this jigsaw like um, booby trap maze that these super, or these agents these super spies have to go through to get this microchip back for the korean terrorists and then hilarity ensues i guess but more likely murder ensues and that's home alone three in a
0: nutshell yeah because for for context in the airport they figured out that yeah there's this old lady which had the bag so they traveled to chicago so there's like kind of your nod to a uh, home alone one and then they kind of know that there's, uh, this is, it, it's in one of the homes. It's like 12 homes, I believe it is. So they're basically going, uh, inside all of these homes. And look, I'll be perfectly honest like, out of all three films, this is by far the most logical Home Alone film. And I, and that, that's <laughs> saying a lot,
2: right? I'm but, sorry, what? <laughs> no, hey, I, hey, 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 I will actually step in the defense of, of Juan here. And they actually did make a lot of efforts to kind of have things be plausible with the reason why they're checking all these houses is because the cab driver said, oh, hey, it's at the one house that doesn't shovel the driveway. And then, of course, it cuts to Alex, who then shovels that woman's driveway. So they don't know which house it is on in that end of the street. Um, There's a lot of little steps that they actually take and also the fact that and the one thing I'll kind of say against the whole Terminator 2 to Terminator 3 comparison is they try to do things a little bit different. And that was Alex is not home alone for the entire movie. It's kind of like a few separate occasions that he's home alone, which is a lot more realistic to what you would see. That being said, sure, they tried to take a more realistic approach for how he's alone and how some of the other things occur, uh, a lot of the other slapstick stuff is way even more over the top. And also, it just doesn't have the same spirit or anything. It's It has none of the heart of the the first no, and, two movies.
0: And I'll give them credit because, for example, one of the things that they quickly established is he's got chicken pox. That's why, okay, so that's why he's got to stay home. But then you're thinking, well, he's gonna, you know, he sees the burglar. So he actually calls 911 on multiple occasions. So I'm not talking about <laughs> yeah. well, I'm the sorry, quali- what, say that again? <laughs> uh 911. It's like there you <laughs> go. He calls 911. It's the same number, people. It's the same number. But the fact that look, I'm not talking about the film. I'm saying that as, as a plot device, they did an exceptionally good job at being like, okay. I can see how there is a circumstance where nobody believes believes this 8-year-old child, even though it's like these Mm -hmm. four highly trained, you know, spies can't even freaking get into these houses and all of that. And then all of this happens. They, they, yeah, you could
2: tell they actually put some thought into how all the events unfolded. So I'll give them credit for that. 100%. Is that necessary, though? Are, are you going to look at that movie and be
1: like, you know, it's a little better because <laughs> yes. they really thought this one I, I out? I think so. No,
2: uh, okay. I, I no, I'm kind of with Keith. <laughs> where at the end of the day, right, the best movies. Uh, some of the greatest movies ever have plot holes, but if you do the other things good enough, then you're willing to overlook them. This movie, yes, they tried harder in trying to make things a little bit more logical, but at the same time, you also have... You talk about the kid being a super genius. What about that parrot? That parrot oh, is yeah, the that sm- one of the smartest damn things I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that there's rat, just though. other things that are completely like baffling and illogical I think
0: what I think what I appreciated about that is, I mean, I, I think that Terminator is just going to be the thing we forever compare with any other movie. But it's because, look, this is not Kevin McAllister. So think about the expectation in the '90s, a new Home Alone film. I think a lot of people were thinking, "Well, how the hell is this kid going to be home alone?" So I think they kind of had like this obligation to be like, "Hey, we are we are legitimizing the reason that this is happening." And I appreciated that. And if anything. I I I hate the beginning parts of Home Alone one and two. I skip that. I just get like get the damn can alone already or Lost in New York. <laughs> Here, the fact that it's so outrageous, like it starts with like this a uh, plane shot like Hong Kong. I'm like, what?
2: Wait, wait, what? Yeah, how does, does it <laughs> For the take first the like 15 minutes, you're like, am I watching a yeah, Home it's Alone like, wait, movie? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Is this like a
0: pirate <laughs> film? And I appreciated that. Now, okay, I'm gonna do things a little differently. Usually, I'll ask uh, on a movie episode for overall impressions. I would like to start this off with Ryan because this movie got a 20-something 20, 20 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, largely negative reception. Why, why is this a bad movie? And I'm not saying that it is, but if you were to make the case of why is this a bad Home Alone film or why it got crapped on upon release, having watched it for the first time now, why do you think that would be?
2: Uh, I think there's a number of reasons. One, I think they do spend a little bit too much time on these like super terrorist people or, or whatever they are. Um, they spend a little bit too much time trying to like folk like they spend too much time on the plot and really not enough on like kind of the heart of the movie. The acting is also just not nearly on the same level. The characters just aren't as memorable. It's really tough. Look, child actors, it's you're it's an uphill battle. You get a lot working against you. Macaulay Culkin it was just a standout child actor and you just don't get that very often. So it was going to be difficult for any kid to be able to come in and put on the same level of performance as Macaulay Culkin. And that's what carries the movie. And if you're not going to have a kid that just like hits that same um, you know, level that Macaulay Culkin hit, then it's just not going to be that movie because really a good child actor has to carry the film and it just doesn't happen here. So, that's probably the biggest reason. And then the, you know, it's hard to also top... You know, how do you top Joe Pesci? You know what I mean? Like, the the villains also have to be good and they just weren't as good either. The overall
0: chemistry between yeah. those two, I and, mean.
2: And it also felt like they were just trying too hard and going even more over the top with the gags at the end. And it just didn't hit, it didn't hit the same mark. It was just beyond absurd what some of the stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. Going back to my Terminator 2 to
1: 3 comparison... Th- the heart of the movie is really where that lies because you've got this great film in Terminator 2 and Home Alone 2 that they hit a formula and they hit everything that you need out of that movie out of that respective movie in the case of Home Alone 2 it's fun it's a little over the top and the actors there are great at what they need to do like you believe Kevin McAllister as this kid that's well Home Alone or Lost in New York and you believe Joe Pesci as like a fun bandit that That's out to kill, said Kevin. It felt like in this movie, much like in Terminator 3, that Home Alone 3 just tried to replicate that, but didn't fully understand what made it as good as it did. Beyond the fact that like, okay, well, everybody must like the crazy stunts in Home Alone 2. So now
2: just make the stunts crazier. They had to lean on that because they just didn't have the acting Mm-hmm. You know they didn't have the quality of actors. That so then you, you were have this,
1: with. yeah. Then you have this soulless movie that just didn't like they they put the check boxes on a piece of paper of what they needed to hit, but they weren't able to actually check them off, and that's kind of
0: what Home Alone Three is to me. At least for me, I'm I'm a little bit torn because. It's like uh, whenever you watch one of your favorite bands, you go to a concert and you know that they play the greatest hits and you're not blown away by it, but you're like, all right, you know, like that, that that's the song that you played it. and you played it and you played it well. You don't, you're not like more excited than the first time you saw it. I think the problem is that you had the first Home Alone that, di- that just did such a great thing in 1992. Like, it's like what Ryan said, it. Uh, 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 Macaulay Calkin is just an incredible child actor, perfectly cast for that. So, the 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 standard that he set is so high. And then you take that story and plot to freaking New York. Yeah. So, it's like you're, 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 you've capped it. You can't do more than to, that.
2: To go back to your analogy, it's not like watching your favorite band play their greatest hit. It's like watching the cover band play the okay, greatest yeah, yeah. hit. Yeah.
1: That's, I think that's exactly it.
0: Exactly. Now, The positive things about this movie is like, I'm not going to sit here and and crap on it and say it's a bad film. I think that there are legitimately a lot of things that I enjoyed about it. I will agree with Keith that it was like a little bit soulless. And uh, I think that out of all the films we've talked about, I I don't know if you've, uh, did either of you read the facts I wrote on the agenda by any Mm, chance? No. Okay, then don't, don't, because it'll make it more exciting. This has some really interesting hypothetical what-if scenarios from a production standpoint, and I think you can probably assume what some of them are, but I think that the slapstick stuff is actually really good. I think the fact that they expand it to four villains as opposed to two is good, because like... That combination with Home Alone 1 and 2 is so good. You just weren't going to get another duo, right?
2: Yeah, I agree there. If you, if you try to do another two guys. Everyone's just going to be like, "Oh, these are like dollar this store Joe Pesci, for. and mm-hmm. I forget the actor of the of Marv or whatever." But we'll just say Joe Pesci and Marv like we <laughs> <he> did <laughs> yeah. Home Alone 2. I forget Joe Pesci's name <laughs> in the movie, and I forget the other guys, <laughs> a, like the other actors' name. How
1: about we just go with the Wet
2: Bandits? Yeah, the Wet <laughs> Bandits. <laughs> or yeah, you the we're never going to. If you put just two people, they were going to be like, "Yeah, these are just the cheaper versions of these." So it, I, I give you, you're right there, going with four people makes it seem like it's uh,
0: a fresher concept. And then then the other thing I wanted to say is that uh, in in many different things, you can't tone things down. After Home Alone 1 and 2, you can't tone it down. So the fact that they said, you know what? These were freaking spies. Like the web bandits, the sticky bandits, they were dumb, goofy. No, these are like legit people, right? So I like the fact that they took that but gave it a comedic spin. I think the problem is that ultimately what happens is the same as the other films, right? Like when it's time to just like, here we go, this is where they try to infiltrate the house, as cool as a lot of the things looked, and you know, the kid was very clever, and we'll talk about the kid, I think he's by far the weakest part of the film, (laughs) sorry, I mean, but he just was. It's just another Home Alone, and in 97, I think if this, this is one of the cases that I think if it came out shortly after 2... It will be better received than now mm-hmm. because then I think people would be like a similar age. I mean, we're talking about a couple of years difference. We're talking about nearing the two thousands. There's been a whole lot of child stuff, but like maybe child it was films made
2: for like the next generation of younger kids. I, I I think having it too close, a lot. I think people would have been more up in arms that Macaulay Culkin wasn't in it. Yeah, I think they kind of needed that time of that. That breathing room. And I had to wait for
1: something called puberty to happen. Yeah.
2: And I'll agree with you, Juan, that this is it's is it a great movie? No, I don't think it's like an unwatchable movie. I think it's actually very watchable. It's just there's nothing special about it, but it's not something I was like. Like basically had to really fight to get through, like would I watch it again if it was on TV uh, maybe if I had a few drinks in me but otherwise probably not
1: <laughs> yeah I I agree totally it's it's not bad it's just kind of forgettable in the way that um beyond a couple of the big stunts and the insanely over-the-top plot it's hard to f- remember what exactly happens in that movie mostly because it moves very fast to get everything it needs to get in there a lot of like plot explanation that you're kind of left going like, uh, okay, okay. And then all of a sudden we're at the end and you're
2: left going like, I okay, well, that was an hour and a half of my life. I just remembered (laughs) another key thing that it's missing. So the intro, you hear the classic Home Alone theme, but from there on out, the soundtrack takes a huge dip. And I think the soundtrack of the first two movies, like you
0: don't realize how much that
2: helps make the film even better.
0: You know uh, uh, the where he does the second montage, like the second, you know, gathering the items setting up the home, that's when I noticed it because they went with this like 90s two rock theme and yeah, i'm like dude some simple plan well, dollar yeah, store version Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's when it really like was like this doesn't feel like home alone you know like the soundtrack for home alone was like so good that it's definitely noticeable when they tried to put in you know some more modern music
0: definitely so something i'd actually like to get to in the movie is just some fun little tidbits here because first of all so Alex is the the main actor, right? The protagonist. But then the family, this is where, once again, you get to see some similarities, some differences. Uh, the mother, whose name, the, the character name is Karen Pruitt. I hope I got it right. I mean, she's a carbon copy of Kevin's mother. From yeah. the coat yeah. to the hair color, it's clearly like, we couldn't get that thing done. So we're just swapping her out. What did you guys think of that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think you pretty th- much summed it up. I, I watched it with my girlfriend, and she was pointing out like the same hair color and everything. Like they were like, if she wears like a similar jacket and everything. They were really trying to to hit that note. So she was to like, the point where they had yeah. the zoom in close up of her going,
1: "Alex." <laughs>
2: <laughs> so she was like the five dollar or below store version of of Kevin's mom, but then the buzz ripoff he's like you know worse than the dollar, he's dollar general. general he's, dollar he's Tree. like the 50 cent or he's like the penny store version of Buzz. like he looked like he looked like he belonged on a a crappy nickelodeon tv show you know what i mean like he just did <laughs> not belong there and he was awful and boy if you want to talk about like,
1: child actors who go much further than what you would think from this movie. Scarlett Johansson is in this movie. And (laughs) wow, was her acting chops not quite there yet Yeah, this movie. her
0: first her first uh, big uh, uh, role, which, I mean, for better or worse, you put your name on a Home Alone on a resume, and I mean, that's worth something, right? But it, it is so weird because every time I looked at her, I'm like, it's you. It's you, right? It's so rare that you get to see this child actor that became part of one of the biggest cinematic universes in, like, movie history. Here she is in, in Home Alone 3. And then the other thing that I thought was very... The, the father, so forgettable, I'm not even going to, like, get to him. Uh, the the uh, the neighbor, the old lady. That's where I'm like, okay, man, come on. Home Alone 1, you had, like, the old evil dude, like, neighbor, old man here now he's a lady i just thought it was so lazy like <laughs> come on man well, you can't okay, even try I will say this
2: they didn't they didn't go like shut old man shoveling snow to like pigeon lady they didn't pull that like mrs hess was not that character they didn't really do that character at all so that's why i'm trying to say this isn't like the terminator 3 because they weren't doing every single thing exactly the same so again, maybe on, but on yeah. like the big bullet point scale. Yeah, I yeah, of course. I mean, every home there. alone box. Yeah. If you just do a home alone movie where there isn't all the crazy stuff at the end, then it is isn't even really a home alone movie, but like I said, they didn't do, they didn't have to check every single box. So I appreciate that. If Because if they tried to make Mrs. Hess like the same thing, you'd be like, okay, come on. And I, I think because they tried to do things a little bit differently, that's what makes it more watchable than if they tried to hit every single note and just miss the mark on everything.
0: That's true. Now, uh, as as far as I recall, whenever we talk about these movies, we definitely dedicate like 70% of the conversation to the villains because, I mean, the wet bandits, the sticky bandits, their chemistry alone, forget about what they're doing. It's just them being together on screen was what made that special. Now, here we have four different cast members. Uh, even though I have the names of the characters here, I mean, damn, that's forgettable, right? I think it's just four evil uh, spy dudes and a gal. Uh, what do you, you guys like think about their long chemistry? Haired,
2: you got long-haired. You got long-haired dude. You've got Fox Mulder wannabe. You got two dudes. It's got like the long-haired dumb one dude. And He's and like that, that. The that lady. He'd yeah. be like
0: on Rocket Power or something. <laughs> <laughs> would not he? He, he totally would yeah. be a Rocket Power. He'd be man.
2: telling people about the ancient Hawaiians and stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so Keith, what's yes. your take on on their uh, connection? Because Complete, I mean, this is 180. Personality-wise, they are in no way like the Wet or Sticky Bandits. What did you think of their chemistry between the four?
1: That's where most of the slapstick comes from in this movie, in my opinion, where they're, they needed bodies warm bodies to <laughs> for Alex to <laughs> torture <Live> basically <laughs> and they play that role Wow or well so you have the different like archetypes of a child or like a children's movie villain and they kind of just hit all of them with there like you've got the mastermind the plotting one that that's where a lot of like the uh, the thought behind the movie comes from you have the dumb silly one who's got of always you know you He's the one of the three stooges that gets slapped in the head afterwards. Then you've got the woman, the athletic one. And then you have the one that just kind of rounds it out. And beyond that, I don't really think there's much to their characters beyond just being warm bodies for Alex to torture inside of that house. (laughs) Also
0: guns.
1: (laughs) Just guns. Yeah. There's yeah. just flat on guns talking about this escalation, movie. like they just, at one point, yeah. like the kid just pulls a gun out on one of them. I was, <laughs> I was,
2: yeah, I was like, what if this movie just took a really dark turn and he just, Alex just shot one of them in the head. Like, <laughs> and I mean, he, th- the he thinks it's just... the bubble gun and then yeah. he really
1: just shoots them in the abdomen the and they bleed out. The whole movie just
2: out. comes to a screeching halt and Alex spends the rest credits of his role. life in prison. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, credits. Oh bro. God
1: yeah he'd be out at 18 that's how your judicial system yeah. works anyway it
2: ends just with him going to juvie i guess yeah man but they, uh, need, they need more movies like that where it's <laughs> just going like one eight. direction yeah. and you know then, what they made like boom.
1: 13 of them and they're called saw not oh, the movie no, not you're like looking that. for no
2: a movie where it's like the the tone is this way and then all of a sudden something happens And it just goes in a completely different direction. If you haven't seen the movie Million Dollar Baby, that's a movie like that. Or Cabin in the Woods would be another example. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, was about I, I, I appreciate those kind of movies, but this is not that movie at all. No, <laughs> yeah the the villains just. I, I like how the the woman because she was like Russian or whatever, she just
0: was an Olympian randomly, like without any explanation at all. Are you telling me, Ryan, that in a '90s late '90s film were filled with nothing but stereotypes for evil characters? What the what the hell is yeah. wrong with you, Ryan? I, also, as a Latinx, like I fully expect to rob a house because my name is Juan, dude. Come on.
2: What? Hold on. What is it with like '90s kids in in movies and having like pets, like super intelligent pet f- companions? Like the, he had two. He had the parrot and the mouse. Dude, that, that mouse was badass. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what the deal is with that, but
0: seems Did to Airbug happen a lot. Did come out before? This or after this? I think it might have came out the same year, if I had to because guess. Because I think that's definitely there. There was there were a lot of uh, trends about animals being super smart. So it Was the same year. Okay,
1: but when did Babe, a pig in the city, come out? Because that's the OG of smart animals. Actually, I guess Charlotte's Web is the first one, but Babe was nineteen ninety five. Hmm, that pig he blazed trails. That'll do, pig.
0: He did, he did. <laughs> That'll do. So, talking a little bit about the the whole traps process, I mean, that's arguably the, the funnest part of these movies. Like, of any Home Alone, good acting, bad acting, you get to see some violence, and it's family-friendly <laughs> violence on the holiday season, just like Die <laughs> Unscripted. Mark. Uncensored. Exactly. So, Ryan... How, how do you like that violence, Ryan? Right? You like that well, violence, Ryan? Right? <laughs> I will say the only time I laughed during the movie
2: is when that guy sat in the chair. The, elect, like, the basically electricity, electricity up the <laughs> ass. Yeah. Like the fact that two of these guys got their asses blown out. Like. <laughs>
0: Consecutively. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It was so – but it was, like, the amount he was getting electrocuted, he, like, (laughs) electrocuted so much he came up and, like, hit the wall and then sat back down. (laughs) Like, it was so absurd that I actually did legitimately laugh because it was so ridiculous. Um, But, yeah, I, I will admit there were times where it was, like, it had its moments, but it was just, like, so much absurdity. Uh, but I did think the one where the guy got his, like, uh, feet stuck in the those, like, th- those two, like, um, what are those? Those, little, like, mega blocks containers. Those little, yeah, those blocks containers with the wheels on it. I thought that was pretty good.
1: I, uh, I did my best to watch this movie and especially this part in the same lens that I would watch the Home Alone 2 movies and I tried to count how many times that the kid had committed murder throughout the scenes of that and <laughs> I lost count about Home Alone movies. very quick and it's just it's, it's another example of like escalation that this movie does where y- you have the scenes of like okay well let's drop a brick on the wet bench. It's heading home alone, too. Well, screw it. This time we're dropping a crate full of bricks. This time, why do one brick when you can have a like a
2: uh, manual lawnmower or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> like- yeah
1: they like it. Thank God this is a kids movie because they literally, like, that dude's face should have been chopped into, like, 500 pieces with a working lawnmower going into his skull. And just the absurdity that happens with that or them jumping out of a house into a pool and not just shattering their legs and a bunch of things like that. I mean, like guys, that.
0: guys. This movie is violent. Like, my God. The main character pulls out a shotgun to shoot a child. Then- and then shoots himself. He doesn't got a out on the carpet, up his ass.
2: <laughs> <laughs> up his ass. Yeah, and, and he's it's alive. Making, oh, that's three
0: people that got their asses blown out. <laughs> it's like, man. And then the one part of the movie that I'm like, who says that? So I get It's like, uh, can somebody check this movie's rating? I'm assuming it's PG. I mean, it's got to be. I, I, it can't be G. So I'm assuming it's got to be PG where... Uh, the 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 really skinny guy you know he's got like the hole through his pants so the rat is in his genital area yeah so then the female uh, hits him to try to get the rat and then I like he how says she swings horizontally
2: yeah right man, there's no better way to go about that and this movie
0: is pg okay okay but then he says you smashed my winky i'm like who the oh, hell? Yeah. Oh, says he, said winky. It,
2: he said it with fury too. He's like, "You yeah. smashed my winky," but a lot louder, like higher pitch. So it was like, "You
1: smashed my winky." <laughs> what is that winky? What is that winky saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, smashed my winky! Oh. oh boy, my winky! Oh no!
2: I think the most again. I can't. I can't get away from the parrot in this movie. So. <laughs> If you could forgive me, the when they're in the igloo, right at the end, <laughs> the guy who gets away. Okay, okay that part. He, the The parrot has the. The parrot has the ability to bargain. Like he is that intelligent. <laughs> he is offered a cracker and he knows he already made a deal for two. And then he lights a match and sets off fireworks. A parrot does this. I know parrots are intelligent, but they are not
0: that intelligent. But goddamn. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the movie because it's not that he lit the the matchup, it's how. It's that you he you could tell his face is like. You don't mess up, man. Boom. Sets that mm-hmm. up. And I, I just love it. It's so stupid. It's at the it's literally like the final part of the movie. And it's got to be my favorite one.
1: He's like, your life isn't worth two crackers, hey? Well, Alright. <laughs> Let's dance then.
0: Now usually I'll leave this uh for like our after the full review of the movie. I don't think there's a lot more we can get into it, but That is until I read all of this, which I had never, this is my first time ever knowing all this stuff. Like uh, just before we hit record and I'm like, oh man, there's some fun hypothetical stuff. So uh, this comes to us from multiple websites and I will credit them at the end because I totally forgot to write those down. So I'll look for that afterwards. And uh, the first fact here is the film was pitched at, at the same time as Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. And it was planned to be produced simultaneously with Home Alone 2. However, those plans fell through. So what do you guys think that it wasn't that it was going to be Home Alone 2 and 3? So the intention was that with Kevin, they were going to be making two different Home Alone movies. Or uh, I I don't know how that was going to work, but clearly he was part of that picture and they were going to work on them together. What's your take on that?
1: At that point, I just feel bad for, like, why haven't they called Child and Family Services on those parents yet if it happened to
0: Kevin again? I mean, that's true. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's interesting. I think at that point, they noticed... Hey, we if we want to capitalize on this Home Alone thing, we can't wait another two years because Macaulay Culkin will be too old. So, they wanted to film true, probably both true. at the same time. Yeah, so it makes could, sense. You know, still have like, you know, cute child Kevin in the movies. And then, of course, uh, you know, it fell through. So, that's why eventually when they could get a cream lit, they needed a new actor. It's interesting, though. I keep kind of going
1: back and forth about this since we talked about it earlier. But is would like say that happened and Macaulay Culkin was the kid in this. Would that actually benefit this movie? Because you run the risk of because pretty much it is the same movie and and the the payoff would be the same, just a little with higher stakes with the uh, the traps at the end of it. Would people have just gone, well, it's more of the same, like, oh, it's not that different from Home Alone 2, so it's a bad movie anyway. Like, is that something that actually would have benefited or is, is it a case that even though it didn't really deliver with what? it wanted to do like did time actually help give this movie more
2: of a shot i think, it, I think it still would have been better that. with macaulay culkin i think if it was the same exact movie but with macaulay culkin and, it, and well, if you had like it, imagine it came out a year later so let's say yeah, it com- this if comes you out had in all the same like family and everything i think it but the plot was exactly like home alone 3 like you still have like these other terrorist people or whatever I do think it would have been a better movie. It probably would still be the weakest movie of the trilogy, but I do think the better actors would have made it a much
0: better film. Yeah. Plus, I think you have Kevin who is self-aware that he's already gone through this stuff before. So it's a lot easier to understand like, well, it's Kevin. Of course, he wouldn't struggle to you know build all this stuff. Whereas you have a brand new kid, you're seeing him for the first time, and then he's younger than Kevin. You know, if, if we're thinking, like, years have gone past, like, this is 1997, so think about that kid that watched Home Alone 2 in 1992. Many years have gone by, and then here comes a lame new film that's basically another kid doing the same stuff. And I think whether you had the wet, sticky bandits, or just, the, like, this whole new cast, it would have been interesting. And I think it maybe would have been more tug-and-cheek, like, hey, third time's the charm, Right. I totally see them doing that because they did it with Home Alone 2. You know, the whole concept was like, we did it again. Can you imagine? It's like, how many more times can we do that? And then Home Alone 4 is just him being taken away from his family. But I think with with 3,
2: like (laughs) if they had a play out, yeah, I know, the parents thing. This is a little bit more realistic how they do it. So if... Kevin's parents just left him for like an hour at a time it's not the same it doesn't seem as absurd of like oh they really forgot him a third time like give me a break and I think that's why they did this the way that they did because as good as the Home Alone movies are I think a lot of people after the second one you know made jokes and you know I think they were self-aware that it's a little ridiculous that they would forget a second time Um, so they really couldn't go that route in Home Alone 3.
0: Exactly. So, uh, these comes to us from homealone.fandom.com, by the way.
2: Wow. that's, that's There's a lot of dedicated people out there. <laughs> no, <laughs> Remember, seriously.
1: everybody's a fan of something on the internet.
0: Yeah. And, and I True. think we, it's like in hindsight, you kind of forget how amazingly popular Macaulay Culkin was, right? Like uh, you had Richie Rich as well. So, it's not just this, but then here's where it gets really interesting involving uh, the Kalkmeister. The idea for a third home of the movie was revived in the mid-90s. Early drafts called for Culkin to return as a teenage version of his character. However, Culkin dropped out of acting. As a result, the idea uh, was changed to an entirely new film centering on a new cast of characters. It was filmed in Chicago and Evanston, Illinois, with the airport scenes being shot in two different concourses at O'Hare international airport in chicago what would you guys have thought because notice in all three films we still have a child being lost right whether it be new york or at home say it was kevin or even alex but you have a teen let's call him like 14 years old basically the age of the brother kind of give or take right would that make it better worse samesies I
1: don't think this concept works if you go into the realm yeah. of teenager because once the, like, once the protagonist can defend himself, then you're in, you're in yeah. approaching on Saw point. territory <laughs> there. Like, why do you need these
2: elaborate contraptions when you could just go at them with a baseball bat? Yeah, was, that's what I was thinking. Once you're, four, like, 14... You're kind of regularly left home alone at that point. I mean, you're in high school for Christ's sake. So yeah, I, I think four yeah, would just be like Saturday. <laughs> True. Yeah, so he'd be getting like his paintball gun and a baseball bat <laughs> and just lighting them up. Yeah, and then we're just that's you have the first Saw movie.
0: Now in uh, pot in the uh, podcast history, this is going to be the most convoluted, overly. Explain part. So logically, Ryan, do you have the document open by any chance? I didn't ask you for this. Okay, so could you read fact number C, my friend? Number C. It's my favorite (laughs) number. (laughs) Number Oh my god! Could you read fact C? Fact C.
1: (laughs) God, what a train wreck this one is!
2: My God! All right. The plan to get the chip back was an overcomplicated, risky, and time-consuming one. The four criminals knew the description of Mrs. Hess and the neighborhood she lives in. They could have knocked on the door of one of the houses and asked for a woman that matches her description. And when her neighbor told them which house it is, they would have knocked on her door and given her bread back and then to get on her good side she would then not have any reason not to tell them that she gave the toy car to alex as payment or where he lived then peter and alice could have posed as a couple just like they did with mrs hess in the movie and claim the toy was meant for their child and offer the family some money which they have and as they buy an entire house to stake out the neighborhood they would have gotten the chip the very same night and been on their way wow that is, that is a, someone really thought this through and that is damn good, but then
0: you wouldn't have a movie. That's true. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine? It's like, oh, here, can you have the toy back? Sure. <laughs> Credits rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> See, there's so many things. It's like, oh, why didn't they just do that? The, the explanation to any movie. major
0: plot hole in a movie is, but movie. then you wouldn't have the movie. Yep. And uh, another uh, interesting thing here is Home Alone 3 was the last film of the series to be released uh, theatrically, not theoretically. Theoretically. (laughs) Theoretically. Theoretically. I mean, if you want to go
1: theoretically, it was probably the
0: last all right one. Hey, if we get another Home Alone film that does make a theater release, then theoretically, (laughs) this was the last one. Home Alone 4 came out in 2002 and someday we'll be talking about that and home alone holiday holiday heist came out in 2012 so bad i guess they didn't they didn't even put a a number on it people it's just the holiday heist
1: yeah and isn't there supposed to be like a disney plus series coming out or did that get canned i mean
0: how how many episodes can a kid get lost in though
2: i don't know why do i feel like there's like a wwe superstar in the holiday heist one am i probably am I? It,
0: it's uh what was it 2012 dude there's got to be big yeah. probably big shows in there I, or something
1: i have a fun fact that i will share with holiday heist i have a direct connection to that movie so there's okay. a teaser for two years from now two, oh oh you're not oh, gonna share you're the, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I said it i'll, I'll share it i'll share it when we get to holiday heist you asshole
0: wow yeah you asshole man
1: But there is a direct connection to something that happened in my life that is connected to Home Alone Holiday Heist.
0: Oh, this is actually interesting, and it would make sense with this uh, film. At one stage, the script was considered uh, to be filmed as a television pilot, but in the end, the studio decided to go ahead and make it as a feature film. This one could totally get away with that because, as Ryan mentioned, since he's not home alone all day, the episodes could be when he's alone, it's like, well, does he catch him this time? And honestly, that would not have been a bad plot. It would have been like one season, probably, right? I mean, gave you imagine like 10 seasons of that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Episode one, it happens. Episode two, they install a security system. That's the end of the series. <laughs> Pretty much.
0: So uh, uh, as Ryan does his research, I'm not sure what he's looking at, but he's got he's got I'm the trying uh, to research find. He had. I,
2: I remember there was some Christmas movie that like Page or the Miz was in, and I was trying to figure out if it was this movie. I don't, but I don't, I don't think, think it it's that one.
1: Is isn't that the one where Rusev pulls a gun on somebody? No,
2: that's a that's that's just a totally different movie. That's <laughs> yeah. I, want ev- movie. I want every movie to be that
0: though. So, <laughs> so uh, Keith, what's your yes. take on? Using this film as an example, and after Terminator, actually, I think that we as a podcast have gone to a point where I think we've, we've definitely realized there's a trend in, in movies where after the second one or after a variation, as many characters as they may change, largely it's still the same film. Are you aware think, of that when you watch these films and it takes you out? Like when you watch a Home Alone 3, when you watch one of the later Terminators, like even Dark Fate, are you able to suspend that thought of, well, this is just this, this, but not as good as that? Like are you able to suspend that? Or is that something you're 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 aware of? I'm very
1: aware of it because much like any idea that's out there, there's a bit of a diminishing return on it where every time you go to that well again, you run the risk of it being not as good as the first time. And you see that a lot in movies and in pop culture when they just keep going sequel after sequel after sequel. And if you're naming something as that sequel, you're inviting those comparisons to it. So for this being Home Alone 3, I feel like it's hard not to compare it to Home Alone 2. And that's where you get the analogy that I came up with earlier. So... To me it's a fair comparison because it's right in the title and you run the risk of just going to the well one too many times. And I think that's what we saw with Home Alone 3. They just took one too many buckets out of that well. Ryan, I, I don't know if you have anything
0: you, you kept looking forward, it's, I'm like, oh, does he have some like sexy information for yeah, us? Or? It's
2: I was trying to think of, you know, when is the third movie ever really, really good in a series? And the only answer I can think of at the top of my head is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Now, that's a great movie. But most of the time, like Keith said, it's diminishing returns. But going in and knowing, okay, this doesn't have Macaulay Culkin, I, I can set my expectations, set the bar lower, which is why I said it's not a great movie. It's not a good movie, but it's a watchable movie. I didn't hate it. But it's just a much more forgettable movie and just doesn't have the heart and spirit that you had in the first two. But there's definitely worse sequels out there. Um, but yeah, it's just hard, especially a third movie. It just had a lot of things going against it. Change of cast and it being the third movie, it's really hard to get a win there. It's really more, hey, let's, let's milk this franchise for all, for all we can uh, get out of it.
1: And uh, Ryan, I believe the movie you were looking for earlier is
0: uh, Santa's Little yes, Helper. That's what I was thinking. Miss yeah. and Paige. Yep. Ryan, that's all. You, that's you all got, got, got that closure because <laughs> I guarantee you, if we ended this episode and none of us got the movie name right, somebody would be like, "Come on, guys, y- you can't be doing that. You can't be like bringing up a movie and then not actually uh, making reference to it." So, Ryan. What's your takeaway? You know, Keith and I had a little conversation there about just, hey, you know, sometimes the third movie, as you mentioned, is not necessarily all that necessary or anything like that. Are you more curious now? I'm going to switch the question with you. Are you curious as to venturing into possibly reaching a a movie trilogy where it's like the third movie is better than the other two?
2: I would like to know... Indiana Jones aside, I'd like to know if that exists anywhere. So, uh, for any, I, I mean, some people will vouch a- for Tokyo Drift, right? In <laughs> mm, Fast and Furious. Um, but and Tokyo Drift has only gotten better with age, in my opinion, because the the other movies are so absurd now that you're yeah, just like, oh, thing. you know, this movie's pretty good now.
1: Yeah. There's a hard break that happens after Tokyo Drift where they become totally
2: different movies. So you you almost have to separate the, the first three yeah, I think and f- then the rest of them. Fast yep. and Furious, as in the fourth one, was like the last time it was about racing from then on. Yes it's been just it's about Dwayne Johnson it's and about, his giant muscles yeah it's about like super
0: terrorists being stopped that are more competent than the ones in Home Alone 3 <laughs> <laughs> that is that is very true so everybody uh, I'd actually like to open up that pretty awesome question to all of you which is which film is not as good okay a film that is better than Than the other two, because I think we can always make the case for, hey, you know, this film was just as good. like Toy Story three comes to mind. Amazing film, right? I I know it's very difficult sometimes to rank them, but I will say, Revenge of the Sith is better than one and two. That is, I mean, I would agree.
2: Good one, yeah. So, yeah, what is, what are some of the best third movies in a series? And that's a good point, Keith revenge of the sith if if you isolate the prequel trilogy revenge of the sith is by far the best we should we should make, we should make some movies.
0: kind of episode about this even just like checking out some some information about that later because mm-hmm. it, it <laughs> truly is an interesting they're out topic.
2: there yeah but it's rarer than even the when the sequel outdoes the original is to have the third movie be the best of the three
0: and ain't easy definitely definitely ain't so squeezy people As uh, uh, those on the video version, Keith bids you a visual farewell. Uh, Keith, say farewell. No, no, Ryan. Ryan, this is the final episode of 2020. So as Keith is doing that, Ryan, close off the year with a sexy, positive message.
2: Well, 2020 has been a dumpster fire of a year, but I, I think we at least try to bring some fun to the podcast and you know, we just thank everyone for the support. We're still this very small community, but, you know, th- this year alone, I think our Discord has become a much um, more active and fun place to hang out. So, definitely, we we encourage everyone to join us over at the Discord at castthepass.com slash Discord. And we just are happy to keep doing this. You know, we're a very small podcast, but we love doing this. We have and a big heart. We're- yeah, we've yeah. we've had no signs of slowing down. We really like. Unlike what we're Home doing. Alone three, we have heart. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, we just thank everyone who's stuck around from the beginning, and we appreciate all the new people who have who have uh, you know come along this year, and hope to keep providing some escapism from the a lot of the the crappiness that's out there right now.
1: Exactly. If we are like if you are listening to us and in any way we've made you laugh, we've made you smile. As far as I'm concerned, that's our job and we've done it. And I just wanted to take a moment as we wind down 2020 for whatever this year was. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this journey with us. If you're on the Discord with us, thank you for interacting and chatting and just really doing a deep dive on these nerdy things that we love. And if you haven't joined us yet, come come join us. It's fun. There's no like crazy, we keep the crazy out of there. We'd like to have fun. We have fun on Discord Maggle. <laughs> and yeah. the only crazy that happens on there are the insane pictures of food that I post or I consume like ten thousand calories in one so shot. So good,
0: so good. Yeah, the good charcuteries.
1: Times. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. love me some charcuteries. Mid- all right, let's talk about charcuteries for a minute. Then I'll let you all go on the Discord. Midnight Outlaw, shout out made the comparison that charcuterie boards are like adult lunchables yeah and it blew my mind because it's so true (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure charcuteries existed before lunchables it's not like lunchables was the og was the
0: the kids version of that i understand i
1: understand that but as somebody that grew up in this generation I met Lunchables before I met charcuterie boards. That's so true.
2: to
0: me, that is the evolution They're, they're, of it. they're
2: becoming more of a thing.
0: They're so, nice. Trader it's like Joe's, people like, man. People like to pick food. It's just fun. It's expensive, though.
2: Like, my oh, girlfriend yeah. no, will we, go to Trader uh, Joe's to do the charcuterie stuff. And it's like, you'll end up spending almost 100 bucks. Yeah. No, the, that one that uh, I posted on
1: the
0: Discord we made from scratch. And yeah, it was about 50 bucks for everything. It's good stuff though. And and seriously, like we, you know, we are, uh, we have a pretty good idea of some of the games and the movies that we'll be talking about next year. And uh, I I really uh, enjoyed this conversation. I think that, you know, speaking to the two of you first and then everybody listening, you know, this podcast helped me get through a lot of the crap in this year, just because it's like, there's always something to look forward to. You know, the fact that the three of us, we were already, you know, speaking through a camera into a microphone and then 2020 just kind of normalized that. It's like, well, we were already kind of doing that. So not much changes there. Exactly. And then, you know, uh, the other day I had somebody on on my Twitch uh, actually join and and say like, hey, you know, you guys are, I've been binging some of your content, getting me through long uh, work days and all that. And seriously, you know, we really do appreciate it. We know that this is a very non-traditional podcast but because of all of you we have reached over 8,000 listeners on podcast apps so thank you for that Uh, our uh, YouTube channel is still growing yeah over
2: probably over 35,000 views on YouTube. So it's definitely had a big pickup this year and what we have over a hundred episodes, right? So plenty Mm -hmm. to binge if you haven't heard everything we've done. So exactly. And and I think next year,
0: you know, this is, this is going to be our third, no third or fourth year. Now the podcast, my goodness, this will
1: be third year. Okay. We're on year three. We just had our two year anniversary.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I think now this is easily going to be our best year because what we learn, at least what I learned as a co-host of the podcast is we enjoy, you know, reviewing film after film or, or like selecting games more strategically. And I think that 2021 is going to be where we know that works for us, right? So now it's like, we get to do that from January forward, as opposed to this year that we kind of realized that halfway and we started to make some adjustments. And I think that's going to be uh really good but uh people rest in peace diablo 2 i'll yeah. see you someday yeah. diablo someday <laughs> we, we should do a, at some point just like the the, the 20 games you, over this cut. Is,
1: yeah this is what didn't make the cut mm.
0: yeah definitely all right, I'm, yeah, holding in,
2: I'm holding back a sneeze, so let's wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, people,
0: people, people, I'm not going to even change the camera for the video version for added pressure up until next time, up until 2021. Thank you for being part of this sexy, awesome experience, and we will be back with another exciting edition of a cast to the past. Don't sneeze, See Ryan. Don't it. sneeze. Don't do See you in 2021. See you next it year, It might have went people. away. It might have went away. Or next Sunday. Oh went away ah aw. That's it